Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Laura Samara. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast. I am here with my friends. Yeah, I'm Kateri Lirio. I'm Jessica Gerhardt. And you may remember Jessica from the Faith, Art, and Feminism podcast, which is one of our most popular ones. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for talking with me today. And I'm really interested in this new project that you all are coming together on and the things that you all are doing in your lives in terms of your vocations and your relationships with God? I would say that right now I'm focusing on this collective that has sprung out of more or less like a wound. Well, should I give the elevator pitch for it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, let's start out with yeah. the elevator pitch. Okay, yeah. I wanted to give you context first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a musician, I'm an artist, I write songs, but I've started this collective called Hidden Leaven. And we're a creative collective that comprises of like musicians, artists, producers that want to make art that betters the world and that's quality and essentially shows like truth, beauty, and goodness. So um, what is it that you are doing now? Okay, so it kind of started this year, right? Pretty recently. I mean, it's been brewing, but it's officially been launched this year. Yeah, I've had this idea of a creative collective for years now, but I always felt like alone in it, and I didn't know where to go or who would be in this collective. I come from the, lack of a better term, like the secular music industry, and got a little bit jaded and and, and sad about a couple of things. But I recently met Jessica about a year ago, and we just really clicked. And so I feel like she was one of the first people I encountered that shared my faith, shared the same struggles that I had, and just naturally this collective bloomed out of that relationship. So is that the wound you're talking about, about like being jaded from the secular music industry? Yeah, I don't even think to, to this day it's not even about the secular music industry. I've been a freelance musician ever since I was 14 years old, and I took a lot of pride in that. I had never worked like a 9-to-5 corporate job until this year and was just immersed in my craft as a pianist, as a music director, and as a songwriter. But something happened a few years ago where I just was playing music all the time, was doing everything I wanted to do, but I was miserable. I wasn't living my faith life. I ended up going back to church, praying again and like asking God, like, what do you want me to do? What's my calling? What, what will you have me do? And I prayed that every day for months. The long and short of it is I recognized that I was putting my relationship with music before my relationship with God. Mm. And it's been this like internal battle of putting God first because I think the art and like me as a musician and all that pride was 
hindering my relationship with him. And I think that's where that wound was. And I didn't see it for such a long time <laughs> until I, yeah. until I saw like, Oh, that's like my first relationship. I need to seek first the kingdom of God. And that's where essentially hit 11 sprung out of, cause I met other musicians and other artists that really loved God and, are amazing artists in, in of, their, of their own right, but they understand that their relationship with God comes first. And I vibe with that. Yeah. And that's such a good reminder, too, that in our lives, kind of, we can choose how to go about serving God. Like, obviously, like, you could be playing music all the time, and, like, that could be part of living out your faith. But it's different from what God is calling us to do sometimes you know like we can be doing something totally objectively good but if we aren't involving god in it then it ultimately won't satisfy us clashing symbols resounding gongs yeah there you go yeah i felt like i was doing that for a long time and back to that period of time where i was going through that healing process and switching my internal priorities i started going to daily mass like a friend of mine would just invite me because she saw how much pain I was in just like internally and I would go to daily mass and start I started going on retreats and I started hanging out with people that wanted to be religious like live in a religious community and I saw how much joy and freedom they had and I was like what do they have that I don't have and so I thought well maybe maybe I'll like I'll be a nun like that's maybe that's the answer and there's this period of time where I was probably two or three years where I was seriously going on come and seeds and doing the liturgy of the hours. And I found that joy. I, I really believe that I'm called to be a sister. That's it. Like, I'm going to give up music. I am going to like live in contemplation. It's the best. But then I found an order a missionary order, the Mary Knoll sisters that I absolutely fell in love with. I started hanging out with them and I was called to discern specifically with them. Mm-hmm. And their their mission is to share God's love in places where there's social and civil and political unrest. And even even like saying that mission still make like I still emote when I mm-hmm. say it because I like love what they're doing. But I remember going on this mission trip down in Tijuana around this time last year and we celebrated La Posada and we stayed with migrants that were recently deported and I remember serving there for the weekend and on my way back from Tijuana I remember feeling so much of God's love but also feeling like I can't do this Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to go home like I feel a governing desire and there's a different way that I can serve him and not to say that like me going and, and being a Marianne sister and serving in Mexico or wherever they would, would have stationed me as a missionary was wrong or bad. Those are all really awesome things to do, but I just had, I knew I had a, a higher yeah. purpose, like a calling. And it was funny because it, it, it all came back to music, like creating art which was the very thing that I was doing when I was super miserable, like before I came to the Lord again. But, but now there was a foundation that I had with, with God. I think before I was just trying to do things because I wanted to do them. And, and now, I, now I consult God with anything I do, or I try to at least. 
yeah. not be <laughs> super prideful about it. It's funny too because like I've been thinking a lot about the saints recently. And basically the common thread that you find in every saint story is their openness to being radical and doing something different. The saints didn't often like be like, okay, well, um, here's a set life path and I'm just going to go do that and that'll be my life. They made some sort of choice for their lives where it was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. Nobody thinks that I can do it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. And that's kind of what bumped them up. So it's like, it's really funny to, in your story, like how, like you're doing music, miserable, then like doing the more obvious, quote unquote, obvious path to holiness, which is like discerning. Because we we also, you know, we have this image of like priests and nuns being like the ultimate paragons of holiness and that's the way to do it, whatever. But God still has a greater calling for you that isn't immediately obvious and you're being called to create something new that hasn't existed before you know and I think that's awesome I think that that's the more the actually better path to holiness is like examining God's call for you you know and what is it that you're called to create that doesn't exist I feel like there's I think saints for me I tend to veer towards an interest in non-conformity and I think saints often display nonconformity to the world, to those around them, but they do display a conformity to God, yeah. a willingness, and a submission even, I would say, to sometimes the church. Like St. Ignatius is a good example of that. Like he totally was nonconformist. He like left behind wealth and privilege and was like, I'm going to go like be a beggar for a little while and I'm just going to go start like loving and serving people and the poor and be a weirdo in like, you know, the eyes of the world. But then he also, you know, went through like a lot of questioning from the institutional church and had to be willing to submit to like that hierarchy at that particular time in order to better be conformed to what God wanted him Mm. to do and how he was going to live out like that calling in particular But the other thing that comes up, too, from what you're saying, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a seminarian about vocation, and something that we were talking about was that vocation is, you know, there's this sort of idea of like, oh, it's either married life or it's religious life, and you have to kind of pick one or whatever. And I thought, you know, the problem with getting too stuck in that way of thinking is if we're like in between any spaces, or even if we have become married, or we have entered and taken final vows, or we've become ordained as a priest, or whatever the, the path is, if that's the where you've reached vocation, you're done. Uh, <laughs> Finish line, cross. Then what? Then what yeah. once you are still alive and you have more to do? And St. Therese says, my vocation is to love. And I feel like the freedom and the beauty that comes from a person who's fully alive and whatever their vocation is, is somebody who's responding to that call to love each day. Because like, I, and something that's touched my life in a lot of ways, kind of a tangent, is like really young death. Um, just a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, another classmate of mine from college passed away. Um, somebody I didn't know personally, but I, you know, a lot of my friends knew him. And there were so many people uh, for ver- from various causes who I knew that are close to my age who died while I was in college and towards the end of my high school years. And I think about the reality that God created each of them with a purpose, and a lot of them never got married, never entered a religious order, you know. And 
does that mean, oh, they failed, didn't, didn't <laughs> you know, didn't complete their vocation. It's yeah. like, no, like each day, uh, however many days God allows us to be on this earth and to be alive, we are living out our vocation by responding that day to what God is calling us and putting in front of us that day. Um, sure, we dream about bigger things and we feel pulled and invited and drawn towards bigger things, but we don't see that because sometimes like if we saw it, even when we do sometimes see it, it doesn't really, um, it's like, okay, well, how do I get there? Have you guys seen the movie Labyrinth? Yes. So like, you know, when she's like there and the, there's the castle, but there's like all the labyrinth stuff. It's like, yeah. okay, I know where I have to get, but like, she doesn't know how she's going to get there. And it's like a giant and crazy maze in yeah. order to get there. Or the Wizard of Oz too. It's yeah. Like yeah. You see the Emerald City yeah. in the distance, but it's like, Ooh, you've got like a lot of journeying to do before you <laughs> Well, actually in. the whole, the real journey is to go home right. and to be cool with herself, you know? Yes. So it's like, she never had to, never had to go anywhere to get there, but she had to go there, go on the journey to be able to learn everything she needed to learn. Exactly. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I found, for me at least, that there's a lot of so much more freedom in not worrying about the particular destination or at least kind of going like bigger perspective, like ultimate destination, union with God, with truth, beauty, goodness, you know, that which is total satisfaction and completion. And everything else on this earth is just a means to get there. Whether that's being in a religious order or serving in a particular community or making music and making art and sharing it with them, whether that's having a baby or, you know, being celibate or whatever, all of those are means of purifying us and shaping us and giving us experiences that will ultimately lead us there. And it's, I find a lot more freedom when I think about things in that perspective, because it's really tempting to get caught up in the like temporal, like, I'm not signed to a label by now or, oh, I I don't have a manager. I don't have a manager and all of them have managers. I've never (laughs) gone on tour or, oh, like we haven't sold this many records, although, you know, nobody sells, well, some people sell records, but it's harder to sell records these days, period. Are you saying I don't need to wear a habit to be holy? I'm saying you don't. (laughs) I'm saying you don't have to. You can just respond to God's call to love today. And you don't have to have a habit or a community or vows to do that. And maybe you'll, that will be the means by which God calls you to do it. Or maybe like, well, anyway, whatever vocation you make vows to your husband, you make vows to your community and to God. Well, even if you're confirmed, you, you've made a commitment to God. Yeah. But that's not to say that joining an order is not good either. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I think God just has individual plans for everyone. Exactly. And often our lives don't fit into the really narrow definitions we have. Yeah. And I think like what I feel, what part of why I think Kadri and I resonate a lot as artists and women of spirituality and faith is that we both have a deep love of God and a desire to give glory to God and to love God and use the gifts that we have to do that. But I think we both feel also like a calling and an invitation to do that in ways that we don't totally understand and ways that aren't necessarily clearly paved out for us. Like the kind of art that both of us make, sometimes we make art that's a little more explicitly religious or even like worship oriented, but then there's other art that we make that is totally rooted in who we are, which is like completely, you know, like it, one with God moving in our lives, but 
wouldn't wouldn't really be well suited to like mass or a liturgical setting and it's hard to market that because it's not like Matt Mars new like Christian album it's like what is this is it Christian is mm-hmm. it not is it spiritual yeah. is it secular can mm-hmm. I listen to it when I do worship or is it what yeah. is it and you know ooh is this something that you know they would play on this station or that station mm-hmm. and I think that's part of where the mission for Hidden Leaven seemed to spring up in our conversations and our prayer, kind of creating a space for artists who maybe, who want to come to, who need community and want to come together, who don't necessarily fit into those boxes, which isn't to say that we would exclude artists who like are worship artists, but it's to create, I think, space for artists who are just trying to be authentic and make art and be supported mm-hmm. in their desire to do that um, and, and maybe helping uh, build a community and even an audience eventually where that art has a home. I and love that. And that's one of my goals as an artist. I remember telling Jessica that there are some songs I write that has scripture in it, but it's not explicitly in Christianese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that makes any sense. I mean, yeah. yeah, and I'll be able to play that song in a prayer concert at a church, but also play that same song in a bar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people respond to it. And that's something that I didn't really encounter when I was being raised in church. I felt that there was secular music and there was sacred music, and there's this divide where if you cross over into the secular realm, it, it has this, like, ooh, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this yeah. mystique to it. And I'm learning that I think God intended, and this is just my opinion, I don't know if it's true, but God intended all art to be sacred. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what forum or what platform you're on. And so I tried to use that as a, as a, as a guiding light and just create out of my relationship with God and out of my prayer life and then whatever platform or market it goes into it may be a communion song for mass or it may be a more quote-unquote corporate worship song or maybe another song is like a hip-hop song but I know that I have faith that anything that um, comes out of me is an expression of my authentic self and my relationship with God it doesn't really matter what what the platform is as long as it's authentic. Yeah. I I thought about that a lot in terms of writing the scripts. And, like, I did the Act One program, and that's something that people talk about a lot. Like, what do Christians write? And, like, what is it, what is it okay for Christians to write? And mm. does it need to be, like, the faith-friendly, quote-unquote, films? Like, mm. is that what we need to be writing? Or is it okay to write secular stuff? And, like, to what extent can we, quote-unquote, go secular but I really love the idea that if you really love God and you really believe in what you believe and you're always trying to be oriented to him, basically everything that you create will end up having that because mm-hmm. it'll be coming from that root mm-hmm. within you. And so you, in a sense, you don't need to worry so much about the content as long as you're creating it with God and you're and you are like you have the right orientation towards him I don't know I think about that a lot when I'm 
being creative. <laughs> yeah, it's like that you co. We have, we're co-creators yeah. with God. We can't do it without God, and God can't do it without us. Right. We need to be that that vessel. Mm-hmm. That's why I love collaborating with other artists. I mean, mm-hmm. I I love writing songs for myself and just writing songs just to write songs, but when I can sit down with a friend like Jessica, like we've mm-hmm. written a couple songs together. It's like super cool because it's not like it's my song or your song. It's really like God's yeah. song. We're just being used. Yeah. To share this message. I love that because to me it really takes on a an otherworldly spiritual significance because you know God says like we're two or three are gathered in my name. Mm-hmm. There and I, and I feel like that even extends to creative collaboration because like the Holy Spirit is there. Like, like we wouldn't be able to create or produce anything I think without the Holy Spirit. So remembering that, that God is there in the midst and being able to create like a baby, basically, <laughs> like if you're collaborating with people and you create something that's oh, like hundred percent, every song I write is a baby. <laughs> it's one of my babies from my musical world. Yeah. I say that a lot. <laughs> but you know, I love also just the collaboration of like, everybody brings gifts to it and then you create something that couldn't have existed otherwise, you know, that nobody could have written on their own. Love it. So tell me what it is you all are doing now because you just did something exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking water right now. (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) Well, we released our first music project. Yeah. This year under the hidden Levin moniker. It's Mm -hmm. a Christmas album that showcases I would say there's 15 different artists. A bunch of a bunch of us, yeah. 15 different artists, five songs. It's like a gift to family and friends. Some context here is every year I put together a gift for my family and friends because I have people that I love deeply like all over the world and it's just so hard to get everyone something meaningful. So I just I produce music because that's my gift. <laughs> and it takes up a lot of time and energy and I, mm-hmm. I, I love, I enjoy doing it. It brings mm-hmm. me a lot of joy. And so this year, I brought together a bunch of us, and we produced these tracks as a gift to family and friends. But instead of selling the album, we've decided to partner with an organization called Share a Meal. It's actually a program underneath the Calsa Peace Corps. They're a 501c3, and they serve the homeless in L.A. So they visit Skid Row, Venice, and Hollywood Boulevard, every week um year round basically what we're what we did is we all like used our time and our talents to produce to write well not write but like arrange uh these christmas songs and to record and mix and edit and sing and just put this music out and then instead of like asking for money we're asking for people to donate to this organization and just to kind of yeah be a create a gift and share art and do things in a different way. Like pretty much all of the Christmas songs are not traditional interpretations of (laughs) the, you know, of Christmas songs. There's so many different covers of a lot of Christmas songs. And I think pretty much every track on the EP is a very different approach to those classics. And so it kind of speaks to that sort of just window of like creating art that doesn't necessarily fit neatly into a box um but it's definitely christmas music so it's a box enough 
in that way, I guess. It's, <laughs> it's accessible. And it's super joyful. Yeah, yeah, that you can hear, especially in the very first track, it literally begins with recording of, like, laughter. And yeah. There's a lot of joy in it, and it was really a lot of fun to be a part of it and to make The first song is Oh Come All You Faithful, and our friend Brian Humphrey and Mylene Melgar, and they are just really awesome people. Mylene is a music minister out in the Valley and Brian Humphrey is a, he's a a really talented, amazing producer. He also writes songs, even though he doesn't call himself a writer, he writes prayer songs. Mm -hmm. Um, He's studying to become a priest through the diocese, the Archdiocese of LA. And it's just, he sent it to me last year. And as soon as I opened it up and heard it, I was like, I just smiled and I started laughing. I might have cried a little bit. I'm not sure. But <laughs> but, uh, you cried. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing track and it's really fun. Uh, I think usually a lot of these Christmas songs are very choral and traditionally done. And so well, like jazzy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord. second track is a version of Mary Did You Know and it has like a really cool featuring Caterilirio <laughs> yeah it's like this interesting trip hoppy eerie mm-hmm. um, arrangement I'm really proud of it I remember I recorded it last year and I was in my studio in Orange and it doesn't have a lot of there's no insulation whatsoever. So I remember being like wrapped up in my blanket next to a heater, recording the vocal parts and all these really cool, like vocal, like Mm -hmm. harmonies and stuff Mm -hmm. um, until like two or three in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really proud of it. Just the way that it turned out. Did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon Mary, did you know that your baby boy 
would give sight to the blind man. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Did you know? Jessica and um, Jimmy have a version of Oh Holy Night, which is in sight. Yeah, it was fun. We recorded the vocals for it at like one of the meeting rooms in like the parish center at the church where I work. It was not a very like, sound insulated place <laughs> or anything. And we were just like belting it into this like pretty open space. It was pretty fun to just spend that time together and yeah also up late recording vocals as well that's the nature of making art I feel like a lot of times it's not a 40 hour a week gig no it's (laughs) late into the wee hours And then the last two tracks are produced by one of our good friends, Paul Kurz. He goes by Fictitious Professor oh. as his creative name, um, his artist name. Um, he did a, an instrumental of Carol of the Bells, which is just absolutely gorgeous.
version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. The years will all be together If the fates allow yeah. Hang a shining star upon the highest cloud yeah. And have yourself a merry It's just, it just sounds good. I remember sharing it with someone and they were like, oh, I just feel so good inside. Yeah. But we're, we're hoping that just that joy that we had putting this project together can be shared, not just with our family and our friends, but to those that don't have very much during this holiday season. Mm-hmm. And I think a big, a big part of the Hidden Leaven Collective's mission and vision is to be of service with our, mm-hmm. with our gifts. Because mm-hmm. we realize that there are people that are a little bit on the margins and to reach out to them and not just to what's the word there's this like term in in mission missions or in like nonprofits where you're like you're not necessarily trying to give people fish you're like teaching mm. them teaching how to, them fish. to fish yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. fishers of men <laughs> <There you go. laughs> <Name drop. laughs> but i think what's really cool about this organization that we've partnered with is from what I've seen firsthand that they're not just trying to feed homeless people or like mm. give them something to drink. I do see them building relationships and connections with the people of Skid Row of Venice and, and Hollywood because they understand that these people like also are children of God and like deserve the dignity of life. And mm. I know that sometimes that there's people that go down with the share a meal and give people haircuts like have like a mobile shower and they know their names like Mm -hmm. there's like connections that are being built and I wish I could go out there like you know all the time but I feel like putting out this EP in a small way and asking people to donate will just support what is happening already Mm -hmm. like I don't have to solve the world's hunger problems or (laughs) you know feed every homeless person but I I know that there are people that are living their lives to do that I think also like something that I just resonate with a lot in just what hidden leaven is about like leaven is something it's a rising agent that's used to make bread and you know the mission that Jesus had was to to be and to give bread for the world and that doesn't necessarily just mean like physical meal it means just feeding the hunger that people have and I feel like what we want to do like I think it's just as much help like what we've created with this project this first project is not only providing food meals for people who are hungry physically but oh I just feel so good inside mm-hmm. like allowing spiritually and mm-hmm. like creatively feeding people we as artists I think we're spiritually fed by participating in it and there's a lot of joy in being able to hear the responses to the music that we've made and I think, you know, the hidden part, I suppose, is just that it's a matter of not necessarily just like being outwardly or openly or even explicitly like, you know, doing it because we're Christian and like doing it even with like a missionary sort of sense, but really just feeding and meeting that hunger of the world with the gifts that we have and not just limiting that to like a Christian sphere, but hopefully like being able to feed and nourish and be in community uh, and communion with people 
outside of the church, whatever, like capital C or little KC or whatever kind of, you know, boxes we want to put people in. And so I think when we think about the people on the margins, I think, you know, not just like an option for the poor and like that kind of more like social justice margins, but even really just like going beyond making art by like that's by Christians for Christians, which kind of tends to stay very insular. Mm -hmm. Not that that's like, uh, I, I don't mean to talk disparagingly at all because I'm fed by Christian, like explicitly Christian music, worship music. I love a lot of Christian worship artists, but I think a lot of us feel called to also make art that um, maybe doesn't necessarily fit in the walls of a church and, and can reach people who wouldn't really gravitate towards art that uses mm -hmm. the word Jesus and says Holy Spirit. What are other words that are more universal that get at the same truths and like the beauty and the goodness that we all can see in the world? And how do we build those bridges and reach out to those people and feed their hunger, mm -hmm. too? Yeah, and I love that you all are experimenting with the genre, too. Like, you're taking this tradi these traditional songs and then putting them in genres. or It's kind of like putting them in words that lots of people can understand that might not be able to access traditional choral music or like the traditional arrangements in the same way like there there are lots of people that are just like oh hymns only and like they must be sang with four-part choir harmony and that's it and whatever and like that's fine and that's the, the way that they access mm -hmm. god and like the, that's what liturgical music is to them and that's great but then there are like so many people that kind of i think speak a different language musically and they're just like mm -hmm. well if i don't like that traditional arrangement then the whole thing is just feels so alien to me and mm. people like me are just not included <laughs> i think that's one of the roles of an artist is to seek out beauty and truth and goodness and sometimes that's not within what i know as my christian language or like mm. my my palette and I know that not everyone on this project is a Christian, mm -hmm. which is actually kind of cool, mm -hmm. but everyone understands and seeks truth, beauty, and goodness mm -hmm. on this project. Mm -hmm. And I think that expanding our ears a little bit more as Christians, I'm going to just generalize, as Christians will maybe bridge that gap a little bit between what happens within church walls and what, what I'm used to listening to that gap between that that place and what else is going on in the world because there's a lot of beautiful art that's being created that maybe I'm just not exposed to and like my peers aren't really exposed to so and it's not to like shame like you should be listening to this or that but yeah. like it's my duty as an artist I feel to like bridge the gap I don't even think we talked about where the name Hidden Leaven came from I'll give the backstory I think it was last year I was like laying in bed just doing some light reading on canon law <laughs> This because it would put you to sleep or county <laughs> sheep <laughs> this was around the time where it go to confession Mary Ashley I'm sorry <laughs> this is around the time where I was torn between joining the Mary Knoll sisters or perhaps starting my own order and so I found that it was beneficial for me to read up on canon law and how that could be expressed on like a logistical business sense and I remember, I don't remember where it is in canon law, but there's this part about different institutions within the Catholic lens. And I remember reading about a secular institution and what that is. And just to paraphrase, it's 
essentially a group a, of people. They could be married. They could be in a religious life. They could be single. They don't necessarily have to live together in community, but they gather once or twice a year to live out God's mission to like make disciples. And it said explicitly in canon law that they are like the hidden leaven that helps the kingdom of God rise. Oh, how poetic. And I remember sending that to Jessica and some friends who I now consider part of the Hidden Leaven Collective. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, let's do it, guys. And here we are like a year later. Because I, I really believe that our role is to be that yeast. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. that, it's from the parable um, in Matthew 13, mm-hmm. 33. It's also in Luke, but I was reading Matthew at that time where Jesus tells the parable of the woman who's, create, who's, who's needing bread. And Jesus explains that the yeast is that hidden leaven that makes the kingdom of God rise. You don't see it. It's not necessarily like a fancy, like, here I am, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm an artist That's doing my thing. It's hidden. <laughs> it's low-key and it's humble. And, and that always stuck with me. So that's where the name came from. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen in this coming year and, and how this group of people can, can continue to grow in community and our relationship with God and be that hidden leaven. What's cool about that, too, one thing that I thought of when you were saying that is how, like, if you look at art from, like, the Middle Ages, it's so much less about, like, the artist as a person and that artist's name or whatever. And, like, so much beautiful art came from people we now know as anonymous versus now it's all about, like, what's your personal brand and, like, what's your story and you have to be able to pitch yourself and... Mm -hmm. You know, and so I really love kind of a returning to almost the beauty of a collective and an anonymity that you're kind of free from yourself in a way. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. And and even like doing this project, I remember approaching everyone and I initially was like, you know what? We're putting out this album. We want as many people to hear it as possible. Like let's invest in some like Facebook and Instagram like Boost, yeah, what is it called? You boost your post or something. Yeah, like you give ads. 10 yeah. bucks and more people see it and it pops up in your feed. Like, let's get it out there. And through some prayer, I recognize, like, I don't know if that's what it's about. I don't think it's about being the loudest voice. Mm. I think it's about sharing this art and sharing God's message on a very personal basis. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still get obsessed with because I come from the music industry, so I understand like it's important to have a brand and a marketing campaign and promote and do all do all the things. And these aren't bad things, but I think that the approach that Hidden Levin is going is a little bit more of like a it's a one on one kind of kind of thing because I, I don't know if people will will listen to our art if they're not super open to it or something. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe we do need a marketing campaign. <laughs> maybe, maybe we do need to invest in boosting our posts but for now I think it's just it's really cool that it's kind of growing organically and mm-hmm. slowly and I I mean just like organic food it tastes way better yeah I than mean, something that's doesn't manufactured make things rise very quickly it's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have so, to wait a long time sometimes you gotta let it bake for the future what kind of things are you looking at you're looking at events you know are you looking to do more stuff like this where you partner with organizations or I think we're kind of seeing where it goes 
the other night, like a few of us got together at Cattery's home. So it was like a private event. Um, obviously you're not going to be in public. <laughs> Super exclusive. Where I live. Everybody <laughs> come on over. It was just like, just a few friends, uh, that Cattery invited over and we had like an art share and each person just like shared a song or a spoken word piece that they had been working on or their photography. And we created the rule, like no disclaimers, um, because it's so tempting to be like, well, let me apologize for my art before you hear. Oh yeah. Like, you know, it was really hard. I, I was, it was so easy to be like, hey, no disclaimers. And then when I went, I was like, oh shoot, I really want to use disclaimers <laughs> right now. And so kind of creating opportunities like that. I think, um, Cattery's talking about doing something with the artist's way, which is a so 12 week. I program. love the artist way. You've done it? I haven't completed it. Yeah. <laughs> Come. Be a part. I need accountability. Actually, yeah. so Lara, my co-host, um, I think she completed it. Um, I think I fell off at like week two or mm. three or whatever. And it just got too much for me because it's so challenging. And, mm-hmm. you know, like even like the artist dates weekly that mm. you have to make a date with yourself and your mm. like creativity stuff. It was just like, I was like, ah, and then it calls you to also examine so much of your self and mm. sounds like the spiritual exercises yeah it kind of is. it kind of is. it goes deep and just Dang. for anyone that's listening the artist's way was developed by julia cameron who i mm-hmm. think was either married or engaged to martin scorsese at some point in her life oh i didn't um, know that <laughs> and so she developed this 12-week course to unblock creative blocks with in the lens of like spirituality it's not necessarily christian but it does have spiritual undertones where you mm-hmm. yeah. go through uh, a daily practice called morning pages. Mm, yeah, I that definitely, <laughs> I definitely accomplished that for maybe like a week because you have to actually get up early. And she she is like so. I'm she's getting a lot. Like I'm like ooh, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> and she's so serious about it. I mean, she she's like the the things that you really have to do: morning pages and your artist dates. And so that means morning pages. You have to actually get up, set aside the time, and get up early. And write, I think, is it three pages? Mm -hmm. At least three pages of, like, whatever comes to mind and not censor yourself. And and you just have to sit until those three pages are done. You just have to do it. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, once a week, you have to go do some something that lets you kind of commune with your creativity. And it could be, like... Mm -hmm doing a craft you know or it could be like going to experience a style of music that you don't normally do or like going to a drum thing circle thing or like you know um it could be lots of different things but so you really have to set aside time to like be with yourself and Mm, and make it a priority and set aside time and it's so hard and that's just apart from the individual exercises every week that Mm -hmm. like every week you focus on something different but it also seems like super worthwhile if you oh, yeah. grow as an artist. So I'm like, oh, I and it's supposed to it. be like you said I the way to, to the way to clear your creative blocks. Especially it's especially for people who feel kind of stuck mm-hmm. and not really sure where they're going or mm-hmm. like need some extra motivation to take themselves seriously as artists mm-hmm. or to let the creativity mm-hmm. flow or whatever. Yeah. Well, that sounds fun though. <laughs> so yeah. So I yeah. think things like art shares, things like doing the artist's way probably creating more projects that are tied with supporting organizations that help marginalized groups or um, are offer an option for the poor, whatever that means. And I think eventually like maybe moving towards bigger ideas, like we've, we've been throwing a lot of paint at the canvas, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about like doing bigger productions and like events that are 
kind of more concerts or showcases and then even looking at ways that we can kind of help um, represent or uh, or develop artists as well. But these are all kind of like bigger, maybe long-term goals or dreams and like, well, let's just see, let's like dream big and like start small Mm -hmm. and just kind of see where it goes. And that's why I think we settle on the term collective because it's like, a little ambiguous enough that we are like it's not like a label or yeah. like management or you know a band or anything it's yeah. kind of more ubiquitous than that yeah more open mm-hmm. I think it'll be refined the more we hang out and yes. my commitment particularly with Hidden Leaven is to just offer up more spaces for us to hang out and share who we are whether or mm-hmm. not it is in the studio or if it's just mm-hmm. chilling like Mm-hmm. Yeah, with some brie and wine. Oh God, that brie was so good, though. <laughs> One of my goals as an artist this coming year is to put down these songs that I've written throughout my journey from like leaving the music industry for for a hot second mm-hmm. <laughs> and discerning religious life there's just a lot of fruit that's come out from that period of time of pain and struggle and, and just questioning my relationship with God and religion and faith. Mm. And I have, there's just a lot of ideas and I'm trying to be humble and just keep those ideas really low and not be like, I have all these ideas. Like everything I make needs to be recorded and put out there into the universe. But there's a lot of good stuff. So I'm going to see what what's gonna happen? I'm gonna go up to a monastery next week in South oh, San Francisco and just pray and and see what God wants me to do. Um, what seems to be the most freeing? We'll see. We might do we might do like some video stuff too, or even just Facebook Live, just performances and mm-hmm. little things. We'll see. Well. Stay tuned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> More to be yeah, revealed. I'm really excited to see what y'all come up with. Where can people find your EP? Well, it's not on iTunes. It's <laughs> hidden. You can go. You can go to hiddenleaven.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we have a SoundCloud and a Bandcamp. Awesome as well. So hiddenleaven.bandcamp.com or soundcloud.com backslash hiddenleaven. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fishers Amend. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersamendpodcast at gmail.com or on our website at fishersamendpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men, on Twitter as at LA Gone Fishing, and at Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There's an underscore between each word. Please rate and make comments on iTunes as it will help people discover us. Yes. Once again, I'm Laura Samara. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. Until next time, keep swimming.